the feet of Jesus, the greatness of mercy and love. At the feet of Jesus, we cry, holy, 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 we cry, holy, 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 we Jesus, 
Preston Crest. We want to extend a warm welcome to our members, of course, and to anyone that may be visiting. We're delighted that you may be with us, and we hope that you'll hang around for a little while afterwards so we can get to know you. Uh, if you will take a moment and check in at the number on the screen or uh, use the QR code in the, uh, on a card that might be in front of you in the pew. We would appreciate that. <clears throat> I didn't introduce myself, but I'm Brian Pruitt, one of the elders. We're supposed to do that. And uh, if we can be of service to you in any way, we hope that you will let us know. Uh, the eldership wants you to uh, be sure to get one of the brochures as you came in regarding our evangelism conference coming up in a few weeks. You're going to hear more about that uh, later in the service, but we hope that you will look through that carefully. This is our brochure. We hope that you picked one of those up on the way in. <clears throat> As we begin our worship this morning, our scripture reading is from Isaiah 40, chapter 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will knock. They will walk and not be faint. Let's go to the Father in prayer. Our gracious Father in heaven, we come before you this morning acknowledging that you are our creator and sustainer. We thank you, Lord, for our lives, for every breath that you grant us, every beat of our hearts here on this earth. 
We are grateful that you allow us to call you our Father and to come before you in prayer. We have so many members of our church family and our extended families with serious medical problems, Father, with cancer, with injuries and chronic pain, dementia, and other very difficult and severe medical problems. And we ask you, Father, to reach down to each one to comfort them in their affliction. We ask you, Father, for healing, that you would restore them, relieve their pain and suffering. We pray, Father, this prayer because we believe in the power of prayer and in your power to heal. We know, Father, that you have commanded us <clears throat> to go into all the world and to preach the good news of Jesus. We want to be more obedient to your word, Father, more effective and more bold in our outreach to those around us. And we pray, Father, this morning for our upcoming evangelism conference here at Preston Crest. We, help, we pray, Father, that you will help us learn to be more effective in, a, in ways to teach others about you and about your son, Jesus. We ask that you would be with those who are traveling here to Preston Crest from all over the country for this conference, and we pray that you would give them safety in their travel. Help us, Father, to be good hosts <clears throat> and to all learn to be more effective and obedient to your word. I pray that we might bring, we might all participate in this conference that will bring glory, Father, to your name. I pray, Father, this morning for a spiritual renewal in this country and in the Western world. I pray that you would open the hearts and minds of all those who are lost and allow your word, the Bible, to flow into their lives. Allow someone, any of us, as we have the opportunity to share the good news, the truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, as we here at Preston Crest endeavor to simply be faithful New Testament Christians, we pray that as we continue our worship this morning, that our worship, our thoughts, our hearts will all be pleasing and acceptable to you, Almighty God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, thanks, Brian. Church, let's stand and let's sing this morning. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the
sing one more hymn, and it's a good one as we uh, prepare for our time of communion. And then Caleb Jones is going to come and lead us this morning around the bread and around the cup. Let's sing, Purer in Heart, O God. Pure.
Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body. When I hear this said, my mind often ponders on the humanity of Christ. He was flesh and blood, like each one of us here. He breathed, his heart beat, his mind had thoughts, he slept, he had hunger, he, had, he was weary, he was angry, even cried. He had friends, and of course we know he had enemies. He even faced the fear and the pain of physical death like many of us will or do. Yet altogether, beyond that, greater than all that, he was holy, divine, and perfect. When this world is scary or lonely or chaotic, he sympathizes with us. But above all, he saves us. We're not gonna find rest in this world. We will only find rest through Jesus Christ, that is, that is eternal rest. He came to this world, tasted death for us all, so that we could be with him in glory one day. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and becoming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for coming down to this messed up world, a world that desperately needs you. We're thankful, Lord, that you sympathize with us. We're thankful even more that you save us. Lord, I pray that you be with us this week. Pray that you open up our eyes to the sin that entangles us in this world. Lord, I pray that you keep the enemy far from us, your people. Lord, soften our hearts and train us to be a community of grace and a community of repentance. Lord, I pray that you forgive us as we forgive each other. It's through your son we pray. Scripture says, this, is, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. I'm thankful for this tradition of communion that Jesus gave to us so directly, so simply. Hopefully it's the reason that you're here in this room together with all of us believers. I'm reminded that it's the Lord's Supper, not ours. It's his table, 
not mine. It's him that we proclaim, not ourselves. So week after week, Sunday after Sunday, we partake, we're repentant, we're humble, we're thankful, we're patient, continuing to proclaim his death until he comes again. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5, says, We do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom, wisdom that only you, our Father, could provide. Lord, thank you for the new covenant of your blood that washes us clean, makes us perfect in your eyes. Lord, I pray that you take away our pride, take away our fears, or take away all that hinders us from proclaiming you to the world. Lord, make us servants for you, our master. Lord, we long you, desperately long you to see you face to face. I pray that you come quickly. It's through your son. Amen. Christ If you came this morning with an offering to give and uh, you want to drop that in that box in the very center of our foyer, thank you for doing that. If you came uh, and have already given or are prepared to give online, thank you. Thank you for however you choose to give to continue God's work in this place.
Stephen Miller, one of our shepherds, has a word for us uh, about our giving in 2022. Stephen. Good morning. I promise this will be brief. On behalf of the elders, I would like to express our deep gratitude for the generosity shown in your giving last year. Not only did we meet our forecasted plans, we exceeded them, allowing us to navigate 2022's economic challenges while continuing to meet our ongoing financial commitments. After receiving nearly $4.5 million in contributions, we were able to fully fund our local ministries, provide support to our missionaries, and address capital needs and other one-time requests throughout the year. The giving nature of this congregation continues to be an incredible blessing to the leadership at Preston Crest. Thank you again. Now we begin looking into our good works for 2023. One of our good works is the Telling the Story Conference this next month. Almost a year ago, the ministers and elders met to identify certain needs in our ministries and how they can be fulfilled. Evangelism, or creating new disciples through sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, was a common theme in our workshop, and we agreed this needed a renewed focus. Plans were put in place to host a conference and provide some of the, the finest teachers from around the country, including Preston Crest's ministry staff, elders, and some of our own members to participate. Our keynote speakers and teachers will challenge and equip us to share the good news of Christ with different segments of our community in a loving and effective way. This congregation has always embraced Christ's great commission in sharing the gospel with others, and we pray that you will take advantage of this conference on our own campus. The elders seek the congregation's full support in attending the conference, volunteering, and most importantly, benefiting from its purpose. Before we watch the next promotional video for the conference, would you please bow with me? Father, thank you for your great love and blessing over our lives. We are grateful that your favor has no end, but it lasts for our entire lifetime. May we have Christ's attitude of humility and thankful acceptance and teach us the power of a thankful heart. Father, this morning, I just want to thank you for this congregation and their generous hearts and the way they give of their resources, of their time and energy to support all of the missions and ministries of your church. Thank you for the talents and abilities of our ministers and staff in teaching, equipping, and preparing this church to grow in our faith and sharing of the good news. We pray you will continue to lead us in our good works in the coming year to fulfill the needs in our ministries in our own personal growth. Bless the Telling the Story Conference and for all the speakers as they teach, as well as the recipients of their message on how to be more bold and powerful in sharing the great news of your son. Again, thank you for the way you always love and provide for us and the way you continue to bless us every day. We offer this prayer in the name of your son and our savior, amen. Thank you for the cross, Lord. With 30 different teachers on the program, you might be wondering, how do I choose a class to attend? The conference has been purposefully designed with six different tracks of study. 
Shining Your Light, Redemption and Salvation, First Principles, Family Ministry, Ladies Ministry, and Equipping the Church. Under each track, there are five different classes. Maybe you want to attend a few classes from each track. Maybe you want to focus in one area. Whatever your passion or interest, you can't go wrong. We have some of the best teachers from across the country, including some of our very own Preston Crest members. The only way you can miss out is by not being here. We hope to see you in just a few weeks at the Telling the Story Church Growth and Evangelism Conference. You can learn more at PressonCrest.org backslash story. All right, that's great. Looking forward to that. Hey, uh, tonight, 6 o'clock, we're going to have a, a devotional time, and then we're going to dismiss to eat some chili. If you are registered, have already signed up to bring chili, great. Be here at 530 and get that set up and ready uh, in the fellowship hall. If you haven't signed up to bring chili and still want to bring some, please do that. You can uh, find that on the website, how to get in that. If you want to bring a dessert, bring that. If you want to help us clean up or set up, you can also sign up to do that as well. Please, y'all come on back tonight. It's going to be a great evening of, of fellowship and, and of worship. Uh, this coming Saturday, we have a men's breakfast. That is the 21st, this coming Saturday, 8 a.m. Guys, bring your neighbors, bring your friends. It's going to be a great morning. We're going to have a wonderful and massive breakfast. Did I say massive? I said massive. We're going to have a big breakfast, so y'all come on. Bring, bring your friends, bring your neighbors, and uh, Dr. Dabbs is going to come share a word with us that Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Let's stand, please. We're going to send children on up to Children's Church. We'll sing one more, and then Gordon's going to come share with us. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, is my song. Let the King of my heart be the shadow.
good to be together and hear your voices. Uh, hey, one more announcement John Scott did not mention. Financial Peace University, amazing ministry that's offered only so often. So uh, get it now or you may have to wait a couple years. Financial Peace University, uh, if you're having some financial struggles, some debt issues, uh, this ministry has blessed dozens and dozens and dozens of families here. So many testimonials that I have heard. I got some numbers for you. Over the nine weeks, on average, uh, $5,300 in debt is eliminated over those nine weeks. And also, like $2,700 is put away toward emergencies. I don't know that that all happens within the nine weeks, but it happens uh, within kind of this context of this course. So expect uh, great changes in your financial life if you're part of financial peace. More information in the blue box there on the bulletin, uh, lower right-hand corner of the front page, or on the website, and we hope you'll be part. And yeah, I hope to see you guys Saturday morning. I've got some fun stuff prepared for us, and uh, lots of food is going to be here. I think you made that clear, so we need lots of guys. And I've invited a few of my friends uh, that don't usually show up at church to be here, and we'll see. Hopefully they come. Uh, we'll have a good time. So we started walking in wisdom last Sunday, uh, this idea of in, a, in an age where we are bombarded with information, uh, updates, notifications on our phones, uh, there's this challenge. It's easy to get information. It's hard to process it now because there, there's so much. There's this challenge in determining what really matters, what is true, which source is reliable, which source is, source is less reliable. And so that's kind of the basis of this series is going to the Bible, the source of wisdom, you know, Proverbs 2, 6 says that God is the source of wisdom and understanding. And so we are learning how to navigate in this modern world with all of this information that we are receiving. Uh, by the way, when you're filtering your information, uh, know that I did not send you an email yesterday. That was, that was not for me. A year and a half ago, somebody sent a whole bunch of emails and said, hey, I'm Gordon, uh, read those email addresses, and you'll see those are not my email addresses. But it is tough because there's information that's hitting us all the time, and we don't know what's true and what's false and where it's coming from. Uh, and so are there other places besides like the Bible that you can go to for wisdom in your life? Of course there are. Of course there are. There are experts and there are other sources. But I want you to think of this this morning like the food pyramid. Do you remember this back in grade school maybe when you were introduced to that food pyramid? You know, at the bottom, the most important, it's like grains and things, and then you go up to veg fruit and vegetables, and then proteins and eggs, and, and at the top, you've got, you know, the stuff you really need to eat sparingly, uh, the sugary stuff and the sweets and all that stuff and the fatty stuff. Um, so nutritionists came up with this years ago to help people think about, okay, how much of certain things do I need to be putting in my diet? Well, Brett McCracken wrote a book called The Wisdom Pyramid. Recommend this book. Getting a lot of good information out of this book. Um, and he talks about the wisdom pyramid. At the bottom, of course, is the Word of God. That's the base of our wisdom diet. And there's other places we can get wisdom as well. You know, there's the, the local church family, the community of faith, the wise people around us, and nature and beauty, and books and literature, and art, and all that stuff. And then, you know, sparingly, social media and the internet is up there as well. Um, but we need to be careful with these least trustworthy sources, right, of information and lean more heavily into the trustworthy, the Word of God uh, there uh, so that we can 
do well, making decisions and, and flourishing um, because, you know, every aspect of my life, of your life, really from my family to my finances, to my job, to my spiritual life, every facet will be blessed as it is informed by wisdom. And every facet of my life will be diminished as I get poor information, a lack of understanding, or, or false information. Um, and so wisdom is so important, especially today with how much information you're having to process. So think of, think of wisdom like a healthy kidney in your body. Uh, it helps us hold on to what is nutritious and beneficial. And like your kidneys, wisdom filters out the waste, filters out the toxins. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 16, uh, how much better to get wisdom than gold. Interesting, to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver because unlike money, unlike gold and silver, wisdom, it can make me a better husband, a better father, a better decision maker, a better friend, a better human. Uh, money doesn't necessarily do that for us. And so in all ways we flourish to the extent that we are wise, that we are growing in wisdom. Now, I, I would assume some of us own some virtual reality goggles. I don't care if you do or not. But what I saw a couple years back on the, on the back of a Reese's Puffs cereal box, I thought was genius. You know, they got to have a prize. And so the prize, let's put that up there. The prize were actual reality goggles right? You just cut them out and you just look and you see actual reality. I loved it. And, and you probably can't read the small print there, but let's see. It says, it's just like real life, dot, 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 because it is. And then it says, the, the instructions are so simple. Cut them out, put them on, and be blown away. I love that. I wish everybody would put on their actual reality goggles and see the world they live in and understand it clearly. And that's, I think, why God gave us the Bible. I mean, it's really evidence of his love. Did he have to give us a written revelation of the nature of our world and his will for us? Of course, he didn't have to do that. He wants us to benefit from his clarity from his vision to see things the way he sees things um, and actually see reality and operate based on the way things actually are. The holy scriptures for us folks are our actual reality goggles. So I hope you are listening to God's word. I hope you are reading God's word. And I hope when you read the Bible, you're not just looking at the Bible. You're not just looking at the pages and the words. You are looking through them, like actual reality God. I hope that you are seeing the world around you through Scripture, okay? That it tells you about yourself, about why you matter, about how much you are loved. It tells you about the world around you. It tells you about where we are going. It tells you why things are broken around you. So we look through the Word of God, not just at the Word of God. 
David loved the Bible, loved it so much, wrote the longest chapter in the Bible. You guys know that chapter, right, somebody? Psalm 119, yeah. Um, He wrote this chapter of the Bible, 176 verses long, just talking about how great the Bible is, how beautiful is the law of God. And one of those verses, he said, your word is a lamp, verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, it, actual reality, right? It, it, sh- it clears things up. It lets me see where I am, and it lets me see where I am going. It lays things out for me. That's the Word of God. So, oh, thank you, God, for loving us, sending us Jesus. Thank you, God, for loving us and sending us your Word to help us out, to light the way for us, to show us actual reality. Now, if you open your Bible to page one, you can't get past, you can't get past the first four words, in the beginning God, without seeing a reality-altering, you know, uh, illuminating uh, truth there. The world, in the beginning God, it wasn't in the beginning you, in the beginning me, right from the beginning, I see the world doesn't revolve around me. This is God's world. He made it. And without digging in too much, I want to just give you a quick overview of how Scripture lays out reality for us. It tells us, first, God made everything. This is his place, his universe. It belongs to him. It exists for him. We are made in his image. And then the Bible tells us what's wrong with this place. It tells us that there was a fall, that people live in conflict with God and with each other because of our sinful desires, because of our choices to rebel against God. And then it tells us about the God-man, about redemption, that this gap between us and God has been bridged by Jesus, the God-man. And finally, where are we going? It talks about not only redemption, but it talks about the restoration, a new heavens, a new earth. God is going to inaugurate this glorious future because of what Christ did, where sin and evil is judged, where the world is purged from evil. So the Bible, like it's different. This is the only history book in the world that tells history It tells it in advance. It tells you this is what's going to happen. And it's always right. I don't, I mean, yeah, we can benefit from other sources of wisdom, right? You can, I mean, a YouTube video can help you learn how to change that, you know, whatever, oil filter in your car or something like that. Advice from a friend can be helpful to you, but the scripture is different. It's going to tell you exactly the way things are. It's going to light that up for you, a lamp to your feet, um, so you can understand the nature of your situation, the nature of the world around you. Uh, And you know, as I see the path forward, whatever is happening right now in my life, sickness, uh, maybe it is a financial struggle, uh, a setback of some sorts, whatever's going on, I can see that God isn't done with the universe. 
Like this this isn't the way things are going to stay. I can see that that God is ushering in this future in Christ. this, This new heaven and new earth where he reigns completely. And I think we're beginning to see why. Jesus is the wisest human to ever live. He said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, interesting context. He's talking to the devil here. And Jesus says, hey devil, man shall not live by bread alone. Not just by the base of the food pyramid. Man shall live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus says, we need the scriptures. We need the Bible. It's the foundational element of the wisdom food pyramid and it is there it's given to us this amazing gift so that we can flourish okay Uh, but reality check and I would say actual reality check I could say this morning okay I'm going to throw down the gauntlet here's a challenge for you turn off or just put away in a in a drawer your smartphone for the next 72 hours and some of it, you would be like, that's impossible. I mean, my work depends on it or this or that. It's impossible. I can't. Some of you would say, well, it would be really, really hard, but I can try. Here's the problem. What if I told you, put away your Bible for the next 70 hours. Don't open your Bible for the next A lot of you, it, it would be business as usual. Nothing at all would change. You see how that's a problem? Like we take the wisdom pyramid and we flip it upside down. And we can't live without social media. We have to constantly check our phones 83 times a day. The Word of God uh, sparingly, every once in a while. Maybe on Sunday, Gordon will will quote some scripture or something. I mean, you see how that works? We flip the pyramid and we're existing on, on junk food wisdom diet instead of relying on the foundational Word of God. And that as a general rule is happening and it's not very healthy for our wisdom diets, is it? The things that should be most questioned that should be most considered like sketchy. Those are the things we're constantly, the well that we are constantly drawing from. And the authoritative, true, reliable word of God is, is in the back seat. Okay? I like what Brett McCracken says here. He says, if we are to become wise, our information diet must begin with the Bible. It must be our solid foundation as well as the grid through which all other sources are tested. In a world of information overload, the Bible is graciously concise and yet comprehensive. In a world where information is fleeting and unreliable, the Bible is an ancient book that endures in every age. And in a world of to each their own truth, where one's inner compass is supposedly a trustworthy guide, the Bible represents an infinitely more reliable source of knowledge and truth, God himself. 
And so we want to lean into the, it doesn't mean you have to throw your, your cell phone, never cancel all of your social media accounts. It means we lean into the foundational element of the wisdom period, pyramid, sorry, the word of God. And beyond God's word, yes, there are other sources, but the Bible is the cornerstone. It is the source of wisdom and understanding that we don't have to worry about. We know it's going to be honest with us. First, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, listen to this advice from, from Paul to his protege Timothy. All scripture is what? It's inspired, literally, God breathed. It's God breathed. It's useful to teach us what is true and to help us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. That is the Word of God. It is useful. Let me be clear here. We need to be reading it regularly, listening to it regularly. It needs to be the baseline for our diet in terms of wisdom. So here's a simple approach to getting the most out of your time in the Bible. And I'm going to start with something, an idea before I get into kind of the the four basic building blocks here that are pretty simple as you read scripture. The first one just involves inviting God into your time. We believe what the Bible says about the Bible, that it is the sword of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit, it's not just reading like I'm reading a recipe in a cookbook or I'm reading the New York Times op-ed piece. It is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The Holy Spirit is actually engaging you, your personality, your heart, your thoughts. It It is a relational living process that is occurring. And so the first thing I would encourage you to do when you sit down to read the Bible is invite the Holy Spirit. Show me what I need to see. Teach me what I, correct me where I'm wrong. Holy Spirit, work in my time in the Word. I love, you know, Samuel has this interaction with God and he says in 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 10, speak For your servant is listening. What a great prayer. Anytime you sit down to read God's word. It's not just you and a book. It's you and the spirit of the Lord. Speak for your servant is listening. Say that with me. Speak for your servant is listening. Start your time in Bible study with that. Inviting the Holy Spirit in to speak to you. So that's the first thing, that that invitation. We can put those up now. The second thing would be this. So one, invitation. Spirit, let me hear what you want me to hear. Second would be observation, which is just what does the text say? right? Just what are those words saying? The third question that you ask when you spend time in the Bible is an interpretive question. What does this mean? Okay, what is the meaning of these words? Just kind of think. Okay, so Spirit, what do you want to say to me? Okay, what does the text say? What is the meaning behind the text? And finally, then you're ready to apply it. What does this text mean for me, for my life? So those are just four simple questions to get a little bit more out of your time 
in the word of God. Um, last week, I'll just give you an example. So we're talking about how does this functionally work out like leaning into the word of God, the wisdom pyramid, scripture at the bottom. I got an email last week, just two or three days ago from a member of this church, a young man who's, who's kind of confused, kind of angry, and I, I don't have a right to share with you all that's going on with him. And that was in confidence, but there was a lot of stuff going on at work and things like that. And so he's just reaching out. He's really wrestling with God. Okay, and I'm not going to tell you everything I shared or anything. He said he's reaching out for some advice on a spiritual problem, and I'm and we talked about a lot of different things. But I'll tell you this: I quoted scripture nine times in my answer. Okay, I just, I, I, because I've got some advice or whatever, much better than anything I can concoct is this. And I want you to think about this, and I want you to think about this. And so hopefully, the light was shown. Hopefully I gave him a lamp for his feet and a lamp to light the way forward by giving him some actual reality perspective on what he is going through. Um, And I think that's the best we can do for each other sometimes too. It's just, what does the Word of God say? Um, Years ago, in fact, this happened the very year that my family moved to Brazil, to Rio. Um, there was a, an apartment building collapse. Beautiful, wealthy neighborhood of Rio. 22-story, elegant high-rise building called the Palace 2. The whole thing just went whop. Luckily, it was a vacation time of year, and it wasn't very full, but 130 families lost their homes, and a number of people did, in fact, lose their lives. Obviously, there's this big investigation because there are lots of high-rises around Rio. People are wondering, is my building safe? What happened? What caused this? And so they investigated, and they found out that as a cost-saving measure, the engineer who built the Palace 2 building decided to use beach sand when mixing the concrete, which I don't know much about mixing concrete, but apparently that makes it quite a bit weaker. So quite literally, the foundation of this apartment building was weak, and after several years, it just gave way. Jesus told a parable, didn't he? In Matthew chapter 7, that's kind of similar to that. There were two builders. One built their home on bedrock, on a solid foundation. And it didn't matter what the weather threw at it. It was going to hold up. Someone else built their home on beach sand, and it, it didn't hold up. And then we get this kind, of, this kind of conclusion there. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is what? Is a wise person. They are like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And when Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. They had never heard anything like this. He taught with real authority, unlike the teachers of religious law. So speaking of application, this is the part where I ask you, Whose teaching is foundational for you? What holds sway or has authority in your life? 
Where do you turn for answers? What is it that helps you put on your actual reality goggles? Is it the word of God or is it honestly something else or some other places? I want you to think about that. Who is wise? Well, according to Jesus, the person who is wise is the one who builds on the word of God. He says, on my words. He is God in human flesh. If you build on my words, he says, you're building a life that's going to hold up. You're building a life that's going to be strong and can weather storms. So let's build on the word of God. Maybe today that step that you need to take is giving your life to Christ, confessing your faith in Christ, repenting of your sins. That means turning away from all of the selfishness and all of the ways you have pursued your own agenda, that you have been your own light, that you have been the captain of your destiny, and now you realize that's not working. I need to turn to the Creator I need to turn to my God, to the one who made me, who loved me so much he sent his son to die for me on that cross. You can give your life to Christ today. You could be buried with Jesus in baptism this morning, right here. Maybe you just need the prayers of this church. We're going to have a time where you can pray with someone around you. Come and pray with me or one of our elders. And maybe you just want to know about being a member of this family. We would love to receive you in our family here at Preston Crest. Come and talk to us about that as well. But right now, let's offer our hearts and our minds and our strength to God as we stand together and worship his holy name. When peace like a
We're so glad that you joined us this morning. We hope that if you're visiting with us, you will go by our welcome center out in the lobby <clears throat> for some information and so that we can get to meet you. Thank you, John Scott and Gordon, for leading our worship this morning. We want to encourage everyone to attend one of our Bible classes as soon as the worship is over. About 80% of Preston Crest already does, and we're hoping the other 20% will get involved in one of our Bible classes. You may be 90 years old, but you're welcome in any class. If you want to go to the young couples class, they will welcome you warmly. Again, <clears throat> let me mention our evangelism conference. We hope that you'll take one of those brochures and look it over carefully. Uh, we're going to have food, fellowship, a great learning. We're trying to plan for child care for uh, the various meals, and we hope that you will register uh, in advance. As we conclude this morning, let's read together our take-home scripture coming from Psalm 119. Verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God bless you. We'll see you this evening.